0: Let's get at it.
1: Let's get at it, everybody. Okay. Hey, today is day 147. Wow. And we are going to read Nehemiah chapter 2, starting with verse 11, through Nehemiah chapter 5, Eric.
0: Okay. Okay. I believe you. Okay, good. I actually have no reason not to believe you. You've been pretty honest about that. I'll do my best. I appreciate that.
1: Sometimes I make mistakes.
0: So. Yeah. I arrived in Jerusalem three days later. That's right. I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. We took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. After dark, I went out through the valley gate, "'past the jackal's well and over to the dung gate "'to inspect the broken walls and burned gates. "'Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, "'but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. "'So, though it was still dark, I went up the Kidron Valley, "'instead inspecting the wall before I turned back "'and entered again at the valley gate.' The city officials did not know I had been out there or what I was doing, for I had not said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. But now I said to them, You know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how, gracious, how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. They replied at once, Yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab heard of our plan, they scoffed contemptuously. Go ahead, Chip. (laughs) (coughs) Scoff. I love it. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king? They asked. I replied, The God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall. But you have no share,
1: legal right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. Then, Eliashib, the high priest, and the other priests started to rebuild at the Sheep Gate. They dedicated it and set up its doors, building the wall as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and the Tower of Hananel as well. People from the town of Jericho worked next to them, and beyond them was Zechor, son of Emery. The Fish Gate was built by the sons of Hassanah. They laid the beams, set up the doors, installed its bolts and bars. Merimoth, son of Uriah, and grandson of Hakaz, repaired the next section of the wall. Beside him were Meshulam, son of Berechiah, and grandson of Meshezebel, and then Zadok, son of Bani. Next, there were the people from Tekoa, though their leaders refused to work with the construction supervisors. Hmm. A little tiff there, I guess. Hmm. The old city gate was repaired by Joada, son of Paseah, and Meshulam, son of Besodei. They laid the beams, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. Next to them were Melatiah from Gibeon, Jadon from Maronoth, people from Gibeon, Gibeon, and people from Mizpah, the headquarters of the governor, and the province west of the Euphrates River. Next was Uziel, son of Harheha, a goldsmith by trade, who also worked on the wall. Beyond him was Hananiah, a manufacturer of perfumes. They left out a section of Jerusalem as they built the broad wall. Rephiah, son of Hur, the leader of half the district of Jerusalem, was next to them on the wall. Next, Jediah, son of Harumaf, repaired the wall across from his own house. And next to him was Hattush, son of Hashbaniah, Then came Malchijah, son of Haram, and Hashub, son of Pehath-Moab, who repaired another section of the wall and the tower of the ovens. Shalom, son of Halohesh, and his daughters repaired the next section. He was the leader of the other half of the district of Jerusalem. The valley gate was repaired by the people from Zenoa, led by Hanun. They set up its doors and installed its bolts and bars. They also repaired the 1,500 feet of wall to the, dung gate. the dung gate was repaired by Malchijah, son of Rechab, the leader of the Beth-Hakarim district. He rebuilt it, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. The fountain gate was repaired by Shalom, son of kol the leader of the Mizpah district. He rebuilt it, roofed it, set up its doors, and installed its bolts and bars. Then he repaired the wall of the Pool of Siloam near the king's <clears throat> garden, and he rebuilt the wall as far as the stairs that descend from the city of David. Next to him was Nehemiah, son of Azbuk, the leader of half of the district of Bethzer. He rebuilt the wall from a place across from the tombs of David's family as far as the water reservoir and the house of the warriors. Next to him, the repairs were made by a group of Levites working under the supervision of Rehum, son of Bani. Then came Hashabiah, the leader of the house, half of the district of Kila, who supervised the building of the wall on behalf of his own district. Next, down the line, were his countrymen, led by Benui, son of Hennadad, the leader of the other half of the district of Kila. Next to them, Ezer, son of Jeshua, the leader of Mizpah, repaired another section of the wall across from the ascent of the armory near the angle in the wall. Next to him was Baruch, son of Zabai, who zealously repaired an additional section from the angle to the door of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. Merimoth, son of Uriah and grandson of Hakaz, rebuilt another section of the wall extending from the door of Eliashib's house to the end of the house. The next repairs were made by the priests from the surrounding region. After them, Benjamin and Hashub repaired the section across from their house, and Azariah, son of Messiah and grandson of Ananiah, there's some words I just cannot say, and Ananiah repaired the section across from his house. Next was Benui, son of Henadad, who rebuilt another section of the wall from Azariah's house to the angle in the corner. Palau, son of Uzai, carried on the work from a point opposite the angle of the tower that projects from the king's upper house beside the court of the guard. Next to him were Padiah, son of Parash with the temple servants living on the hill of Ophel who repaired the wall as far as the point across from the water gate to the east of the projecting tower. Then came the people of Tekoa who repaired another section across from the great projecting tower and over to the wall of Ophel. Above the horse gate, the priests repaired the wall. Each one repaired the section immediately across from his own house. Next, Zadok, son of Emmer, also rebuilt the wall across from his own house. And behind him was Shimiah, son of Shechaniah, the gatekeeper of the East Gate. Next, Hananiah, son of Shelemiah, and Hanun, the sixth son of Zalaph, repaired another section, while Meshulam, son of Berechiah, rebuilt the wall across from where he lived. Malkijah, one of the goldsmiths, repaired the wall as far as the housing for the temple servants and merchants across from the inspection gate. Then he continued as far as the upper room at the corner. The other goldsmiths and merchants repaired the wall from that corner to the sheep gate. Sam Ballot was
0: very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian army officers, What does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a single day just by offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Tobiah, the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, That stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked along the top of it. (laughs) Ha ha
1: ha ha ha!
0: That's like a joke. Got him. He's making it funny. Got him. Then I prayed, Hear us, our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads, and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. At last the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city, for the people had worked with enthusiasm. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs, Ammonites, and Ashdodites heard... That the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired and there is much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, Before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. The Jews who live near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When our enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. But from then on, only half my men worked while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. The laborers carrying on their work with one hand, supporting their load on one side, holding a weapon. Supporting their load and, on one side, holding a weapon. All the builders had a sword belted to their side. The trumpeters stayed with me to sound the alarm. Then I explained to the nobles and officials and all the people, the work is very spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. When you hear the blast of a trumpet rush over to wherever it is sounding, then our God will fight for us. We worked early and late from sunrise to sunset, and half the men were always on guard. I also told everyone living outside the walls to stay in Jerusalem. That way, they and their servants could help with guard duty at night and work during the day. During this time, none of us, not I, nor my relatives, nor my servants, nor the guards who were with me, ever took off our clothes. We carried our weapons with us at all times, even when we went for water. About this time, some of the men and their wives raised a cry of protest against their fellow Jews. They were saying, we have such large families, we need more food to survive. Others said, we have mortgaged our fields, vineyards, and homes to get food during the famine. And others said, we have had to borrow money on our fields and vineyards to pay our taxes. We belong to the same family as those who are wealthy, and our children are just like theirs. Yet we must sell our children into slavery just to get enough money to live. We have already sold some of our daughters, and we are helpless to do anything about it, for our fields and vineyards are already mortgaged to others." When I heard their complaints, I was very angry. After thinking it over, I spoke out against these nobles and officials. I told them, you're hurting your own relatives by charging interest when they borrow money. Then I called a public meeting to deal with the problem. At the meeting, I said to them, we are doing all we can to redeem our Jewish relatives who have had to sell themselves to pagan foreigners, but you are selling them back into slavery again. How often must we redeem them? And they had nothing further to say in their defense. Nothing to say in their defense. Then I pressed further. What, are, what you are doing is not right. Should you not walk in the fear of our God in order to avoid being mocked by enemy nations? I myself, as well as my brothers and my workers, have been lending the people money and grain. But now let us stop this business of charging interest. You must restore their fields, vineyards, olive groves, and homes to them this very day, and repay the interest you charged when you lent them money, grain, new wine, and olive oil. They replied, We will give back everything and demand nothing more from the people. We will do as you say. Then I called the priests and made the nobles and officials swear to do what they had promised. I shook out the folds of my robe and said, If you fail to keep your promise, may God shake you like this from your homes and from your property. The whole assembly responded, Amen. And they praised the Lord. And the people did as they promised. For the entire 12 years that I was governor of Judah, from the 20th year to the 32nd year of the reign of King Artaxerxes, neither I nor my officials drew on our official food allowance. The former governors, in contrast, had laid heavy burdens on the people, demanding a daily ration of food and wine, besides 40 pieces of silver. Even their assistants took advantage of the people. But because I feared God, I did not act that way. I also devoted myself to working on the wall and refused to acquire any land, and I required all my servants to spend time working on the wall. I asked for nothing, even though I regularly fed 150 Jewish officials at my table, besides all the visitors from other lands. The provisions I paid for each day included one ox, six-choice sheep or goats, and a large number of poultry. And every ten days, we needed a large supply of all kinds of wine. Yet I refused to claim the governor's food allowance because the people already carried a heavy burden. Remember, oh my God, all that I have done for these people, and bless me for it.
1: And And that is is our reading reading today. today.
0: Oh, That's our reading today.
1: You took my
0: line. I did. But yesterday, I let you take my question. True. And I did. Yeah, you did. Okay. Hey, but today the questions are, oh, what does this tell us about God? Yep. What does this tell us about us? So, yep. Chip, Yep. what does this tell us about God?
1: Well, <laughs> it tells us a lot. I do love I the story. I was? You were hyped. I was hyped. I, uh, I'm going to say it this way. God will do his part, but we must do our part. So they prayed to God. They asked mm-hmm. for help. You know, you had Sam Ballot. you know, kind of the bully. Come up as like you know start start trouble. There's always going to be trouble whenever you do what God wants you to do. Just count on trouble. Yep. You know, and so Sam Ballot he was a guy, and he was trouble. And so they they turned to God. They looked to God for help, and they prayed for help. But at the same time, they didn't just kind of stand around. Yeah. Did nothing. Yeah. You know, they guarded the city day and night to protect themselves, mm-hmm. and they even were working with one hand and guard in ha- a weapon in the other hand. Yeah. So they prayed for help, but they did their part. So God will do his part, but we must do our part. Yeah. I that's love the, that. That's the takeaway for today for that. Yeah. That says something about both. It does. It does. I, I
0: think, no, I think that that's great. And yeah. I think, you know, the application of that is yes, ask God for things. Yes, approach God in prayer. Yes, lay your burdens upon him. But also, don't just sit there. You know, do the things that you know God wants you to do. Be obedient in the places God has called you to be obedient. I mean, read his word and apply it to your lives and obey it. And don't just sit and wait for him to line everything up. That's something that drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. Crazy. When people say like, uh, well, I don't feel called to do that. And it's something that the Bible says to do. You know, it's like, what do you mean you don't feel called to do it? You have the same Bible I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um and, and yeah, so if God's working a special work in your life, and you you should trust Him every step of the mm-hmm. way, but He is partnering with you mm-hmm. to rebuild the wall or to defeat the enemies or to do whatever He's partnering with you. Yeah, yeah. So be active. I love that.
1: Yeah, I, I've also heard. You know, um, people will say, "Well, I don't. I, I'm not gifted in that area." Mm. You know, I'll say this: just because you're not gifted um, to do something doesn't mean you should. Shouldn't do something like evangelism, evangelism, yeah, giving, yeah. helping, mm-hmm. serving. You know, we're told to do those things, even though we might not have that supernatural gift that some people have to do them. Yeah, so we still do them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good Good stuff, Eric. That was great today. Wait, it's great every day. Time out. What's this tell us about us?
0: I'll tell you what it tells us about oh, us.
1: Chip. Yeah, I thought I, yeah, okay. I mean, that did Go tell ahead. us about all us, right. but I'm not letting you have it. All yeah, okay, all right.
0: Real leaders sacrifice for their people. Mm-hmm. Real leaders sacrifice for their people. And Nehemiah shows us that, right? Like this guy, mm-hmm. I mean, just look at everything that he did. And he put it all out there. He was willing to suffer the social death for calling them out for the, the interest thing. And sure. he refused to go with pay during that time. You yeah. know, He didn't take the taxes. He didn't take the, the food allowance in that way. And... I mean, real leaders sacrifice for their people, and this guy is a real leader, you know. Our current elder chair and, you know, most likely future elder chair in the Heston church plant is... His name is Steve, and he is a huge fan of servant leadership. He Mm -hmm. is passionate about servant leadership, and it's the model that Nehemiah shows us. It's the model that Jesus shows us. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a big deal, and and a leader sacrifices for their people. If you are in a leadership role and you find yourself constantly doing better than everyone on your team, you know, benefiting from the work or um, being elevated to to higher positions or. You know, just you benefit more greatly than the other people on your team, then you may revisit if you're a servant leader or not, because that is the model that the Bible shows us.
1: It is. And all these companies in secular, I read a lot of leadership, Mm -hmm. even in secular companies, they're realizing that servant leadership, you know, is. It works. And it gets better results. And they're embracing yep. it. And so instead of top-down or positional leadership, they're talking a lot now about servant leadership, which is right from the Bible. Yeah. You see it right here with yeah. Nehemiah. They're finally catching up. Yeah, about time. Yeah. Yeah. Good. All right, there you go. Good job, Eric. I'm glad you brought that out. I was hey, ready to move on. Yeah. Move right along I today. Know. I know you were. I tell you. I know you were.
0: Well, we're very proud of all of you. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for tuning in. Tune in and teleprint. Tuning in. Tune in and teleprint. As friend. if we tune in. We tune in. Yeah. I think some people don't even know what that means. Tune in? To tune. Like, oh. like you have to tune your radio. True. Or tune your Oh, man. Way back. Tune your television. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to our podcast yeah. on the internet. I don't think that that's tuning.
1: <laughs> Thanks for doing that. WWW. Yeah.
0: Go to www.spotify.com.
1: So dot com. I was talking to a lady on the phone, she was telling me her website the other day she did that. I about puked. I know you hate that stuff. W W W. H T T P I'm done just like you were done with the Dungate. You could not stay in the Dungate. Yeah. You were just like going crazy. Hey, so where do you live here? You live here in town? <laughs> oh Yeah, I do. A, that's another point. Yeah, we gotta get going, but that was another point I was gonna make. They live next to where they worked. I know. Yeah. There's a lot we can say about that. Yeah. Okay. We love you. Eric loves you. I do. It's true. Stay away from the Dungate and have a great day. I got nothing to add.